The lock turned over, and Sophia opened the door to her mistress's quarters. The door's portal had been hastily bricked up, globs of mortar bulging in the joints, leaving only a small hole for food and drink. Almost like clockwork, the hole spat out a pewter plate with cleaned chicken bones and a few hard buckwheat groats. It clattered on the floor in front of her. I have your dinner, my lady. Warm stew and some bread. There was a rustling inside the room. It was dark inside. Sophia had seen from the courtyard that the tower's windows had been almost entirely bricked as well. A soft, weak voice finally spoke out from within. You aren't Catherine. Are you new? Yes, milady. I was hired from the village last fortnight. There was a drawn-out silence, so Sophia placed the bowl of stew in the brick opening. The voice came again. Oh, didn't you know? My back has been bothering me. Could you bring the bowl further inside? Sophia picked up the bowl and leaned forward awkwardly, her face resting against the bricks. Subtle shifts in the air told her that there was movement inside and the heat of the bowl was slowly starting to sear her fingers. So young, the voice came from inside as a gossamer touch ran across the back of Sophia's left hand. Just like I once was. As the bowl was lifted out of her hands, Sophia felt a pinch of pain across her ring finger. Instinctively, she snapped her hand back and put her finger in her mouth. The iron flavor of blood tickled her taste buds, and the prisoner's voice whispered from the darkness again. Thank you so much for dinner. Hello, this is Mike from Dark Days Radio. You're listening to a secret frequency on the inspiration of numerous death metal bands, Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess. Tonight you'll be regaled with stories both fact and possibly fiction, and treated to a plethora of ideas for your horror games. This episode includes contents dealing with murder and torture. If you aren't interested in hearing about that, just skip ahead to the next episode. And now, onto the horror. 16th century Transylvania was a land in peril. It was under constant threat of the Ottoman Empire, beset by religious and ethnic tensions, and more often than not, uh, ruled by a sadistic aristocracy. At the time of, of Elizabeth Bathory's birth, Transylvania was technically inside the Kingdom of Hungary, uh, which had been uh, at this time ruled by the Holy Roman Emperors of the Habsburg dynasty. However, in practice, the Bathory family basically ruled Transylvania independently as kings. Elizabeth went to all the best schools and wore all the best clothes, but at age 10, she was betrothed to Ferenc Nadazdi, a lesser noble and military general. At age 15, Elizabeth and Ferenc were married, and the wedding was a big deal. 4,500 people attended, including archbishops and kings. Intriguingly, because Elizabeth outranked Ferenc so much, she retained her family name, and he eventually took the Bathory surname himself. Ferenc was a military man who spent a lot of time away from home fighting the Turks. He was uh, also known uh, to take a page out of Vlad Draculia's playbook and impale Ottoman prisoners on pikes to scare the opposing army. However, his war crimes have been overshadowed by the acts of his wife. 
When Ferenc was away, Elizabeth got up to some weird shit. Uh, while Ferenc was off leading an army, Elizabeth was the de facto ruler of the household and, really, the whole area. She created a network of agents in the region to go out to the local villages to find the best, brightest, prettiest, and have them come work in the Bathory household. These girls were never heard from again. Eventually, having exhausted the peasantry, Elizabeth and her agents began to target the daughters of lesser gentry. She established a finishing school for young girls in her household, and all the noble women in Hungary were falling over themselves to send their daughter to Elizabeth Bathory to learn etiquette. A lot of these girls, likewise, never made it back to their families. So rumors started to spread that Elizabeth was doing horrible things. Around 1604, Istvan Magyari uh, publicly complained about Bathory's atrocities in the court of Vienna, and it took six years to get any kind of response. The matter went all the way up to the Holy Roman Emperor, who finally appointed the Palatine of Hungary, the highest ranking person in the Kingdom of Hungary at the time, to do something about this maniac countess in Transylvania. Frankly, the Palatine's investigation wasn't that hard. He basically interviewed all the people who worked in the Bathory household about what was going on, and immediately they said, Oh, thank God, someone's finally here to end this madness. In all, the Palatine uh, collected accounts from over 300 witnesses. It's hard to say how many young girls Bathory killed, but the number is easily in the triple digits. Uh, but what is most intriguing is the unique ways that she killed them. You know, we had some of the classics like stabbing. Lots and lots of stabbing. Uh, but she would also bite the victim's breasts and hands and partake in the occasional blood drinking. Sometimes she would stick needles through their lips. Other times she would chain them outside in the winter and watch them freeze to death from her windows. Uh, another victim was doused in honey and then covered in live ants. Others were burned by red hot irons and coins. Servants witnessed these atrocities, uh, or saw the aftermath as the girls were buried in graveyards and other unmarked locations. Some people think this was all made up and that Bathory was the victim of a political frame job, but given the paper trail and the sheer number of missing girls, that seems unlikely. Three of Bathory's accomplices, the commoners, were found guilty and executed. Another was imprisoned for life. Meanwhile, Elizabeth received a strange form of home imprisonment. She was bricked up in her chambers with only slots for food and air. She died a few years later. You'll notice, however, uh, a key element of the Bathory story is missing. Bathing in blood. Uh, there's no testimony indicating that Bathory ever actually did this. However, in the 18th century, a myth was created that Elizabeth Bathory killed and bathed in blood to suit her own vanity in pursuit of eternal youth. This moral tale was crafted uh, based on prejudices of the time, prejudices against women. However, these have remained a powerful image uh, of the horror genre today. Now, how do we use the dread history of Elizabeth Bathory in our horror role-playing games? In Vampire of the Dark Ages, the Canaanites of that era are portrayed as living boldly and openly, many of them acting as brutal aristocracy, taking the blood of fearful peasants who do not dare stand up to them. The story of Blood Countess Bathory gives you an excellent blueprint as to why these Canaanites may be so untouchable. 
no one wants to speak out. Uh, despite rumors persisting, it took six years for anyone to act, uh, needing to reach the highest court. And then, when humans finally act, would they even be able to resist a vampire's dominate or presence disciplines? In the context of Vampire, you can see why it would take a focused religious inquisition to finally begin purging these vampiric nobles. In Warhammer 40,000 Wrath and Glory, a space fantasy setting, Bathory uh, could be an imperial noble uh, on a far-off but important planet. Uh, it could take centuries of rumors or reports going to Terra uh, before a rogue trader's fleet is finally diverted to investigate why no psychers have left the planet. Eventually, the investigation will take them to the world's palace, where the rogue traders will find just what the planetary governor was doing in an attempt to achieve their own godhood. In warmer fantasy roleplay, uh, the entire Bathory story could be taken whole cloth. Perhaps her adventurer's wagon uh, broke down on the road below Countess Elizabeth's castle, and, seeking help and shelter from the rain, the Countess offers your hard-scrabble adventurers warm beds for the night. The characters will enjoy good food and song in the Countess's court full of old men before retiring to sleep. Of course, when the clock strikes twelve, your unfortunate adventurers will be in for a night of fright. According to fellow host Chig, uh, there's some good mileage for Bathory in Mage the Ascension. Uh, it isn't hard to imagine a rare craft focused on a paradigm of blood, which may have originated in the court of Bathory, or may have been inspired in the villages surrounding her household. This paradigm would focus on life and prime effects, but would uh, also assume a correspondence through genealogy, a manipulation of the fluids within people, and the forces sphere may be represented by affecting the uh, quintessence contained within mortal blood. Uh, the Bathrites may, in fact, coat their ammunition and weapons with blood to increase their potency. Mummy the Curse may seem like an odd choice to use the Countess Bathory history, uh, but hear me out. While blood is cooled all, Sekum contains significantly more power from a magical perspective. In a long-running chronicle, uh, the Cursed may encounter a sorceress from Irem at several points of history, who regularly bathes in stolen Sekim to extend her life and retain her youth. Bathory's victims uh, suffered horrifically, uh, with their life still ahead of them. As they passed into the Shadowlands of Wraith the Oblivion, the ghosts of the victims may have entered another world of suffering. Perhaps knowing the sheer number of enfants being created at the Bathory household, hierarchy slavers would wait for the souls to cross over and then capture them to be soul-forged. However, what if some of the enfants escaped? Perhaps they would form their own bizarre heresy based off the torturing of Bathory that might survive until the modern day. Worse still, perhaps many of the victims instantly became specters, creating a small army in Transylvania's Shadowlands that would hunt and torture wraiths just like the Countess did. Given the long timescales of Pendragon, an Arthurian role-playing game where you play decades of history and sometimes even play as your character's child, uh, there's a lot of cool options for a Bathory-like character uh, in a spooky campaign. There could be a build-up. One season, there's a rumor of maidens going missing, another season hints at dark sorcery, and in another season, perhaps, one of the characters' children finally goes missing. 
A quest is begun, taking the knights to the manor of Lady Bather, the last in a long Roman line. Here, the knights will have their virtues tested as they encounter the bleak truths about this sorceress. In the Dungeons & Dragons Ravenloft setting, there is a Bathory-inspired character in the novel Baroness of Blood. Elizabeth Obor inherits the barony of Kislova from her tyrannical and abusive father, a land racked by civil war and an invasion from a neighboring nation. However, unbeknownst to the populace, Elizabeth is stricken with a wasting disease. To solidify her grasp on power, she begins to experiment with dark magic, stealing energy from victims to extend her own life, and raising her brothers from the dead as vampire-like alchemical servitors. Adventurers traveling to Kislova may find themselves working for Elizabeth, struggling to stabilize her fiefdom, while slowly hearing creeping rumors about her true nature and the spider-like creations lurking in her keep. This has been a secret frequency from Darker Days Radio. If you would like to hear more of our work in horror gaming, check out darker-days.org. If you would like to get in contact with us, send us an email at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com. Visit Darker Days Radio on Facebook, tweet at Darker Days Radio, or join our Discord server through the link in the show notes. And until our next secret frequency, good night, good luck, and stay safe out there.